0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to GKW, as well as our uh, review for Forbidden Door. I'm Jonathan Hood. Thanks so much for being with us for this special show. I just want everybody to know, boy, Forbidden Door on Sunday was just amazing from Toronto. I just want to shout out the fans. The fans were just fantastic uh, in on that show. It was just amazing to watch those fans go after it and really, from the beginning to the end, really be into the show. So I just want to make sure that everybody knows, as I was watching, like all of us was watching, if we were not in the Scotiabank arena, we know one thing for sure, that it was fantastic. And so let me quickly review what I thought of Forbidden Door. and Don't forget, Good Karma Wrestling every Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 Pacific. Make sure that you check in on our show. Brian, Gabe, and I are going to have a special guest on Thursday. Can't tell you about it yet, but we got a special guest. We'll review Forbidden Door, of course, and also look ahead to Money in the Bank from London, England for the WWE. But as far as AEW is concerned, it, it is just amazing. When you put a series of matches in the ring and you give wrestlers time this is what happens you get a fantastic pay-per-view so i like to have monthly pay-per-views so when i do have a pay-per-view it must count it has to count and so i was watching uh yesterday and i was just amazed at what i saw so the best match on the card for me was omega versus will Ospreay. and you watch these two and i think that the thing that resonates with me the most is how much time those two got number one but number two, what those two do to entertain us i mean the things that they were doing in the ring was just absolutely amazing kenny omega there's a reason why he spent a lot of time off away from the ring because he had to heal up from those injuries because there is no halfway with kenny omega there is no 50 percent. there is no 60 percent. that guy's going to give you 110 percent. but so will will osprey will osprey who says i don't want to wrestle in america i'd rather not full time man i just I have to watch him when he's in New Japan because he doesn't wrestle a lot in the United States as far as on a regular basis. He'll do some events here and there, but boy, imagine him in a big major program every single week or every other week for us to watch uh, in America. I just think that he is just tremendous. And to watch those two go at it back and forth. How about that nasty suplex that, uh, that Kenny Omega took? I mean, they were going at it. And so that was the best match for me. Uh, Will Ospreay bleeding like a stuck pig. Same thing with Kenny Omega. I mean, both of those guys gave it, gave it all. You know, the thing I was wondering about is like with Don Callis, right? Don Callis gets ejected from the match, and he comes back in the match. And it's like, how is it that you get ejected and come back? It's funny. I was watching Major League Baseball, like Dusty Baker with the Houston Astros. He gets kicked out of the ball game, but you could just see him just kind of peering down toward the steps. So he was kicked out of the ballgame, but you could still see him ducking down or like Bobby Valentine with the mustache uh, trying to come back on the bench. That's exactly what Don Callis did. How is it that Don Callis was allowed to come back into the match around ringside after he was ejected from the match? I mean, it was just kind of a weird finish that way. But, man, Omega and Osprey absolutely delivered. Um, some of the other matches, of course, Okada and Danielson, we always knew that that was going to be the finish uh, and the end of the show. It was a different pace, but it was a really great pace because both of these two were trying to fill each other out. Uh, it was interesting to see Brian Danielson going back to the yes chance, almost like, you know, kind of a callback to where he was in WWE, getting the crowd behind him. And the crowd in Toronto was behind him, but they were behind Okada as well. Uh, and so to see Okada lose that one, to see Danielson come out on top. And when you have a buildup of two guys that say I'm the best wrestler uh, in the world and that's the main event, I mean, I'm all for it. I thought that was fantastic. I know some thought, okay, how do you kind of follow Omega and Osprey? Well, for me, it was just fine because I knew that at the end I was going to get a great bout, and I did, between Okada and Danielson. The third best match on uh, Forbidden Door for me was watching the BCC and Takeshita and Umino against um, the Hung Bucks Kingston and Ishii. So the reason why that I love this match is because there was like two or three or four different stories going on at the same time. You know, it wasn't just guys just thrown in a match just to just to take up some of the time of Forbidden Door. They were fantastic watching what all those guys were doing. I was so interested in Kingston and his dynamic with John Moxley. I thought, okay, so how will this end? This is one of these things where it should be a long program between these two. They both respect one another, but they chop the hell out of each other. And so, how does this all work out at the end with uh, Eddie Kingston and John Moxley? But then, just all the moves. And I can't review all of them, but if you watch the show, you could just see like the young Bucks got a reaction. You know that um, Adam Page got a reaction watching what was going on with the, the BCC Takeshita as a heel. Um, that might not have been ideal, I think, initially for Takeshita to be a heel, but he's along with Don Callis. He's aligned with Don Callis, so I think this work work out well for Takeshida. I think that eventually that guy's going to be a babyface because when he first came into uh, the company, people respected him. Even though he's losing matches, uh, people respected Takeshida. There's going to be a switch at some point, but, boy, what a great match that was. Um, so I gave you my top three. I could stop the podcast now, but I'm not going to do that. I'll just tell you that. Uh, don't forget Good Karma Wrestling, a special guest coming up Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 Pacific. Hit that subscribe button, by the way, for YouTube, youtube.com. Look for Good Karma Wrestling. So I gave you Omega versus Osprey is my first great match, Okada, Danielson, and then, of course, that great 10-man tag. Um, I'm gonna give my flowers to Orange Cassidy again. So, you know, in a matchup in which you have Orange Cassidy, Zach Sabre Jr., Daniel Garcia, and Shibata for the AEW International Championship. Now, I think it's pretty clear that Zach Sabre Jr. is like five steps ahead of those wrestlers. You saw him in there, he knows exactly what he's doing in there. Not saying that the other three don't. But he has a command in the ring. You know it when you see it as a wrestling fan, the command that Zach Sabre Jr. had in that matchup. And so Orange Cassidy somehow, some way, always comes out on top. And I think that's the hallmark of his title reign. Like, he will find a way. It doesn't have to be the same finish. You'll find a way to be able to win. That guy's going to be wrapped up like a money, mummy at some point. He's got so many scars, and he's got tape down his back and tape on his hands, and he's selling all the injuries that he's had uh, during his title reign. So it isn't just the smart-ass guy with the hands in his pockets. <laughs> that guy is taking a beating. But he's given us really quality matches. And so I thought that that was a fantastic match, the AEW International Championship, uh, to the point where I thought, could Zach Sabre Jr. win? Is that a possibility? Orange Cassidy comes out on top, and he wins the the matchup. Uh, I want to see him just continue to hold on to that championship and continue to give us great matches. As soon as you hear the first chord, the little uh, piano of his uh, theme, people just rise to their feet, and they applaud, and they cheer, and they scream for Orange Cassidy. He's coming out nonchalant, but the fans really enjoy Orange Cassidy because he's someone who's very, very um, talented and entertaining at the same time. So we just go through this card, and it's just—it's hard for me to find like a C minus or a D match on this card. I'm looking at this in front of me here, and I don't—I don't see one. I think that because of the time allotted, four plus hours. Of course, I didn't mention uh, the zero hour matches yet, but just from seven to eleven p.m. Central Time. It was just full tilt. I mean, it just no wasted time. It wasn't a lot of like commercials and stuff like that. It was a few promos here and there, but pretty much it was match, then match, and match, match. And it just kept my interest the entire time. It was hard to leave the couch watching exactly what was going on at Forbidden Door in Toronto. So from there, to see the turn for Jungle Boy against Sonata, the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. And I love how the announcers, Kevin Kelly and Taz and uh, Excalibur were telling the story of how Sonata and Jungle Boy are going back and forth about how I don't know this guy and I don't know this guy. And it's actually probably a shoot. They probably don't know each other. Uh, but just the way they were able to work in the ring was fun. Of course, the, the finish with uh, Jack Perry you know, turning on Hook, I knew that it was going to happen. I just didn't know it was going to happen at Forbidden Door. Because you could start to see, especially through social media and just kind of look on Jack Perry's face, all of a sudden he just turned sour he waves his arms like, "Hey, what about me?" And the waving the arms. How come no one's waving, waving the arms anymore in the crowd? And boy, the thing that sold it for me is Taz. Taz on commentary. Who you know, I'm not. I think he's fine. I don't think he's great, but I think he's fine. But I think at that moment where he takes the glasses off, and that's the key. Takes the glasses off and talks about how Jungle Boy made a big mistake turning on his son Hook. And of course, you know the story is like Taz leaves the broadcast to check on his son when probably actually it was just Tony Schiavone's turn to broadcast because they split the time in the color booth where Taz does his part of the pay-per-view and then Tony Schiavone comes in. Man, I just love that story of Taz getting angry and tra- saying, I'm going to be a professional, I'm not going to go off. Uh, that was fun. I like that a lot. And, and so um, so Jack Perry's a heel, and he takes on Sonata. I thought the match was fine. It was bad, actually better than I thought it was going to be because... I was, it was a disconnect for me that Jungle Boy got the opportunity uh, for the IWGP Championship, but the match was better than I thought it was going to be, so hats off to both of those guys. Um, I'm looking through the card, man. I'm looking at CM Punk against Kojima uh, for the men's Owen Hart Cup Tournament. It's a tournament match, and CM Punk was out there second on the card and, again, better match than I thought it was going to be. CM Punk is relishing being polarizing. I'm calling him Polarizing Punk the reason why I use that alliteration is because that's what we've seen in Toronto. We knew when he left here, Chicago, that there was going to be some booze. And I think that the reason why some fans are booing is because they're saying, okay, are you going to take a W for hostage? Are you going to take him hostage? Are you taking the company for granted? This whole thing where you're, fighting and and having a problem with the young bucks who are favorites and Adam Page who's a favorite and all this and then you're in the company, you're of the company, you're in the company. I'm sure that's polarizing to a lot of people. Uh Toronto, which was known as Bizarro World when Vince McMahon would go to WWE, because Toronto is vociferous and they will F up your card and because they'll cheer the heels and boo the baby faces. Like it wasn't Bizarro World. I love that the crown Toronto for them to be able to speak their mind. Uh, there were not as many boos on Saturday at Collision for Punk. There was a lot on Sunday. So what we're seeing here is new age John Cena. I don't mean the action. I don't mean Cena as a wrestler. I'm talking about Cena as a personality. As you well know, in Cena's prime, here's a guy here that was cheered and he was booed. As long as he had a reaction, it was a win, right? It, it, it continued to fortify him. It continued to put money in his pocket. didn't matter wh- who was cheering him, who was booing him. He got a reaction, and that's the key. And the same thing with Punk. He's smiling through this because he goes, I got him exactly where I want him. Now, how this resonates in other cities uh, on uh, Collision or uh, on Dynamite if he shows up or Rampage, we'll find out, especially on the big shows. You know, will Punk be booed everywhere else? And I think that that is actually worth watching to see how the fans will react. Toronto, it's it's an A town. So I'm not surprised that they had that reaction, especially against their guy, Kenny Omega, who's from Canada as well. Um, Just looking through the rest of this here, uh, this card, and just it was just amazing. I can't find a negative on this card. Uh, Sting, Darby Allin, Naito against Chris Jericho, Suzuki, and Guevara. Really built up well uh, when I was at the um, Wintrust Arena in Chicago to watch this kind of build on Dynamite uh, the Wednesday before the pay-per-view. You know, there's a reason why Chris Jericho can be considered the GOAT, one of the greats in professional wrestling. Just the way that he's been able to um, kind of look at his personality, his style, and just continue to move forward. It's like, okay, I'm going to be this 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 year. I'm going to be this this year. He's always been able to redefine who he is. He's still Chris Jericho, but he's always um, a guy that continues to just make others better. And make himself better at the same time, Suzuki. You know, for a guy that's so dangerous, he really has that look, right? Those those facials. He knows how to look in the camera. He knows how to be able to get a reaction. I mean, for a guy that was blood and guts and taking a, a lot of punishment in, in uh, New Japan, he was having fun out there with Sammy Guevara, with Chris Jericho, and I see Sting out there. You know, I've seen Sting since I was a sophomore in high school. I mean, I mean, I've been watching him a long time. When he was in Mid-South in the UWF and watching him in the NWA in his chase for Ric Flair's championship, that, that guy, he has just been amazing. And I think maybe this year, if not next year, will be his last in-ring, but he's making Darby Allen better. It's, uh, watching Darby Allen and watching Sting go back and forth and having that relationship was great. Naito, uh, the addition to that uh, six-man tag, I thought that was a really – Uh, Again, better match than I thought it was going to be because they had time. I thought it was fun to watch. Let me see what else. Oh, so the AEW World's Women's Championship with Tony Storm against Willow Nightingale. I'm Team Storm and also Team Willow, so I was – Going back and forth thinking, okay, I like both of these women because they both work hard. Willow Nightingale, the IWGP women's champion, Tony Storm with her championship as well, and Tony Storm comes out on top. Too much outside interference for me. No real help for Willow Nightingale. That's by design, obviously. I would have loved to see Storm and Nightingale just one on one to see what would happen there. But of course, Storm uh, with the other Outcasts kind of just muddying the waters of this matchup. It doesn't hurt Willow Nightingale, but I'd love to see Storm and Willow for an extended time one-on-one to see how that would look. I think both women at the the top of their game. I just think that that's a matchup I want to see multiple times. Um, So I just thought that this this card was amazing. I'm looking at MJF and Tanahashi. I said on Good Karma Wrestling with Gabe and Brian and, and yours truly, I said, More than likely, MJF and Tanahashi is going to lead this because Tanahashi is not the same Tanahashi I saw five years ago, 10 years ago, or 15 years ago. It's not like I'm watching New Japan every week, but, of course, it pops up on YouTube or New Japan World. You can go back and watch some of those great classic matches. Tanahashi is better than what we have seen. And I know my buddy uh, Dave Lagana from Busted Open, I was seeing what he had to say and checking out his show he's incensed that people are disrespecting Tanahashi. Tanahashi's not the same guy. He just isn't. I think that MJF did a good job slowing down for Tanahashi. Tanahashi still gets the crowd going with the old air guitar thing and still has the high fly flow. But it's just like American wrestling. It's like any other wrestler that we've seen. When you've slowed down and you've lost a couple steps, you still have it, but you don't have it like you used to. And so for MJF to kind of (laughs) – this guy had a a time tweet – that said, uh, I should be out of the ring, out of here by now. And he was still actually still in the ring with MJF and Tanahashi. I'm sure for MJF, and he'll never admit it openly, it probably was a dream act for him to take on Tanahashi because he's one of the all-time greats for IWGP. Of course, MJF refers to uh, New Japan as like an indie fed. I don't know why you dis-indie feds, because he came from an indie fed, but I, I don't know why he did that. Uh, but I kind of felt that this would be first to get Tanahashi out of there. And the prevailing thought around the wrestling world, especially when it comes to the G1 for um, for New Japan, is how long can Tanahashi last in the G1? If you're not familiar with that, I mean, long tournaments, grueling matches to determine the G1 champion, how long will Tanahashi be in it? Good to see him out there, not dissing him. I'm just saying that MJF, younger, better, um, on the top of his game, Tanahashi toward the the tail end, the back nine of his career, probably the 17th hole. I think the back nine, probably the 17th hole for uh, the great Tanahashi Hall of Famer. We know how great he is, and he's given his body to this business. So all props to him for just being out there. So just I'm, I'm just looking at this card, and I'm just really impressed by what I saw here um, because AEW, for a company that is on the rise a company that has two hours on wednesday it's got an hour on friday's it got two on saturday and they got a lot of television to be able to produce along with ring of honor on the stream and they are trying to do their best to get our attention what I'm telling you is this is great for professional wrestling fans. You can plant your flag wherever you like. WWE fan, AEW fan, New Japan, Impact, whoever you root for is fine. What I'm telling you is is that this is a great time for you and I as wrestling fans. It's a great time. Because in each company, there are wrestlers that we can be able to root for. From my standpoint, I'm not rooting for any one company. I'm rooting for the talent, the men and women that entertain us. And I just think that when you have four hours, and, and, and AEW's business is different from WWE's as far as how WWE tries to retrofit some of their pay per views into a three hour block, maybe three and a half hour block. Here's four hours plus of great wrestling that came from AEW. And hats off to Tony Khan and the staff to be able to give us that. There are memories there. Clearly, just watching Brian Danielson, his dream to take on Okada. And, of course, he's got a fractured forearm for his trouble. Six to eight weeks, Danielson might be out because of that fractured forearm. But they're doing all they could to entertain us. All I know is that I think about Omega and Will Ospreay, and after this recording, I'm going to go back and watch it again and just think about how much time they put in and how much that wear and tear they put on their bodies. So I want to get your thoughts about Forbidden Door, your favorite match. And also, what do you think of AEW? because we got this happening, and I know many people are still going to be looking at clips and checking out YouTube and watching the AW television. But then we got Money in the Bank coming up on Saturday. So the ultimate winner is you and I. We're the winners because we're seeing some great wrestling action. All right, uh, and that just, by the way, United States is all over the country. I know the, the old phrase is when it comes to wrestling, the old phrase is it's like, if New York is doing well, then everyone's doing well. That's the old territory days, meaning that if old man Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon Sr., if that company's doing well, then everyone's doing well. Everybody's eating. And that's greatly great for the business. That means in this iteration, WWE's doing well. is doing well. Impact is doing well. That means the NWA's got to be starting to heat up and do well, and New Japan and all the indies all across the country, North America and around the world. International wrestling, it's great for everybody. So as a wrestling fan, I'm happy that everyone has been able to do well because everyone's rising up to another level. And this WWE versus AEW thing, you can just tell both companies are rising and trying to give us the best wrestling to impress us to get our entertainment dollars. I think that's cool. Don't forget, as I tell you, Good Karma Wrestling is on YouTube, youtube.com. Look for uh, Good Karma Wrestling there. Hit that subscribe button. There's interviews that you might have missed. There's shows that you might have missed. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. That way you never miss an episode of Good Karma Wrestling. So this is our GKW and our look uh, at uh, Forbidden Door. Again, Gabe, Brian, and I will get a chance to talk about this show. We'll also get you ready for Money in the Bank. Also uh, on YouTube, Good Karma Wrestling. Thanks for checking us out. Thanks so much. But I want to get your thoughts on GKW uh, at uh, GKW underscore wrestling. I want to get your thoughts about what you saw for for forbidden door. We've got a poll up now, ABC or D, uh, the letter grade you give them, and just your thoughts. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast.